I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Mel. And I'm Trish. And this is the Don't Give a 50 podcast. Let's make getting old the new gold, as oh, you darling. say. I like that. I like that one too. That was mine. I know. That was mine. Hi, it's Mel and Trish. Welcome to this week's episode of Don't Give a 50, the podcast for midlife women who dare to be awesome and just don't give a 50 like us. We'd so love you to subscribe, rate and review our potty. And if you could share with a friend, that would be 50 and awesome as well. So the episode, to say we're a little overawed, interviewing today's guest is an absolute understatement. And when you hear her impressive achievements, you'll understand why. Don't get us wrong, this lady's completely awesome, as down-to-earth as they come. You may already know her from her business podcast, Straightforward, which reached number five on iTunes podcast charts in the first three months of 2021. Our guest is Kim McKay, a leading Australian marketing executive with more than 20 years' experience leading award-winning agency ClickX, where she has pioneered digitally-led campaigns for major brands and partners across retail, travel, hospitality, and fast-moving consumer goods. She has built a reputation for her focus on new ways of connecting to customers, igniting engagement, and creating business value. She has a radar for staying ahead of the curve, a no-nonsense approach, and strongly advocates that what has worked in the past will not guarantee future success. Some of her early career roles included Director of Marketing and PR for Toga Hospitality and Senior Promotions Manager for Sony Music. Kim has won multiple industry awards and sits on numerous boards, but to list them all would require an entire episode in itself. And let's face it, we're greedy. We want to capitalize on our time with Kim as much as possible so that you, our 50-ish tribe, get as much out of this extraordinary woman as possible. And a disclaimer, Kim's not yet a 50-isher and looks like she's at least a decade younger, but we will very happily claim her as part of our 50-ishers tribe. Welcome, 50 and awesome, Kim McKay. Holy shit. 
I know, you're a very clever lady, aren't you? I just assumed that would get happened later, but to listen to all that was just fantastic. Hello? Yeah, I love that. My gosh, Kim, that is a 15 impressive bio, my friend. (laughs) What the hell have I been doing? (laughs) We would love to deep dive into all of your fascinating career, but could you share a highlight reel of your career to date? What you feel are some of your coolest achievements and significant pivotal career and business moments? You know, just an just, easy yeah, question. Just, yeah, just, just off the top of my just head. the last 20, 30 years, just, you know, in a nutshell. It's so happy to sort of talk about it in hindsight, not, not happy, easy. And I think for me it's been about seeing what's next. And so I look back at my career and I left the radio industry to move to the recording industry. I jumped that ship when iTunes came. Actually, I'm lying. It was sort of when Napster. Do you guys remember Napster? I do. So people are downloading their music. So the customer is clearly saying, we want our music online. The record industry is suing people and still trying to make them sell CDs back in those days. So that's when I went, hang on, this boat isn't going the direction I'd like it to. So I had to pick an industry that really understood online and my choices were porn or travel. (laughs) So I jumped. What was it that you chose? Don't Google me. No, just kidding. Um, I went to tourism because that was the industry that was selling flights or accommodation. So I think that's probably a pivotal moment and that's when I started to trust my instincts a bit more and to go, no, if something doesn't feel right or the industry doesn't feel right, it's time to go. And I was in tourism very successfully and I'd opened, I think it was 25 hotels and a couple of them overseas. And I got to that point, was like, hang on, have I got five years experience or just one year's experience five times? Like what else is there to learn here? And around that time, Facebook had launched. It was soon to launch in Australia. MySpace was big. And of the agencies I was employing, none of them were talking to me about digital or social media. They were still trying to talk about print, radio and TV. So I launched Click, which was going to be this sort of the internet version of an agency. So digital first, social media, that kind of thing. So I don't know if they're accomplishments, but I think that explains my career a little bit in terms of the pivots rather than the pivotal, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Staying ahead of the game. Yeah. You know? So there's a lot of While trusting. some of us were still sitting in front of the radio with a cassette recorder trying to get our favourite songs. <laughs> Play record. I've done that. I've freaking done that. And I've then you that. end up with Much an ad coming in middle. as well. Yeah. But so you've been trusting your gut, gut instincts a lot there as well, Kim. Reading the situation that's in front of you and trusting your gut. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. So um, we've been talking a lot about personal transformations in midlife on the podcast and how COVID and lockdowns have challenged our views on how we live and work and what's important. So you've been at the forefront of predicting transformations in business and consumer trends, future-proofing different entities. What are your thoughts on what the future of work and living looks like? That, oh my God, I love how you said the future of living because I feel like everyone talks about the future of work, but they don't say the future of living. And that's actually what it is. Yeah. Um, so I love that you said it that way. In my future forward thinking back in 2019, I conducted an experiment with my office and I said to everyone, there is no longer any need to come into the office. So I'm a year before COVID. Everyone thinks I'm a nut bar. So I said, just come in whenever you want. And I got... And you know, that takes such a big oh. leap of trust and faith. It did. 
But I got to, we all were all sort of, most people were forced into that experiment in COVID. I got to watch it happen organically. So I got to see that we actually don't need an office. We just came in when we wanted to hang out. No one needs to get on a bus, to sit on a desk, to put in some headphones and tap at a computer. Yeah, the daily grind. That, so when I saw that really people came in Tuesday because they wanted to see each other, then they're off in meetings and then I didn't really see anyone till Tuesday. I was like, I do not need to pay rent. This is ridiculous. We moved the office. Remote's a terrible word. Let's just say virtual. And so, yeah, we've been doing that since 2019 and I think what it is now about is creating your life that you want and work sits around that. For many years we had work and had to build a life around it. So where the kids went to school, where we lived, all that's out the window. So yeah, it's that old work to live, live to work. You know, absolutely. And what you know, such a huge financial, I guess, overhead yep. is rent, office rent. That'd be one of the biggest in all businesses. And as you said, you know, it's just really null and void. It's just one of those archaic things that, as we've always done, yeah, this is the way it is. And so is the nine to five. So that was invented mm. in factories when our bodies can you know, make parts or whatever for eight hours. Our bodies can go that long. Our brains can't. You know, we can concentrate for maybe 45 minutes, two hours if we're really in flow. So the idea of <laughs> sitting or, or 30 seconds. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> what's that shiny thing out of there? But the idea of sitting down for eight hours and thinking your brain can do that is nonsensical. It doesn't work. Yes. So we don't need office hours and we don't need offices. That's so true. And it's obviously worked well for you. And your business. Yeah, we were very fortunate for COVID. We were able to help a lot of our clients who were kind of freaking out at that point because we Because they would have all been just going through that process and you would have been already You've already done it, yeah. And your staff, where everyone else is already is going through that adjusting while they're dealing with COVID, what does that mean for me? What does it mean for the world? You know, your staff have already got used to work environment changing so they didn't have as much on their plate moving forward going what does this mean exactly and I didn't and I saw everyone just get busier like zoom teenies they just tried to keep all their teams so engaged I think they exhausted people and yes. when COVID started I sort of said to the team we're not coming out of this fucking thing exhausted we're not going to scrap around and make extra work like just let, let let's just go through it it's going to be tiring enough um And that's why I think people are sort of falling over right now because they just, they overworked themselves during pandemic when it was really the world saying, take a breath, chill out. And no one did. No, No. they were like exercising, making sourdough. Yeah. I did. I exercised, (laughs) but I did not make sourdough. (laughs) I didn't do anything. I did a little bit of walking. (laughs) I did consume more, a little bit too much alcohol. But anyway, I wasn't alone. No, no, no. So in terms of like um, the future of work and living, you think very much that living is at the centre and work works around that rather than the other way around. Absolutely. Yes. Decide where you want to live, what's right for you and your family, your budget, and then create a, a work life around that. I also sort of ask younger people to think about if they're in a job that's repetitive, that it's just a task that they do over and over, that won't be a job that exists for humans for much longer. It will maybe be in the interim outsourced to the Philippines or eventually it'll go to AI or robots. So make sure your job is not repetitive. So I went to the movies on the weekend and, you know, 
prepaid the ticket online and took the barcode up to the counter. You know, a few years ago, you'd take that up and there'd be somebody there to print out your ticket. Now you just scan the barcode and the tickets just pop up. So that's a perfect example. Not that I want to be somebody who works at the cinema, (laughs) but anyway, perfect example. So Kim, when we were chatting in the lead up to the podcast, you mentioned the version of a three-stage life model of learn, earn and retire. What do you think that looks like moving forward? Because clearly that's outdated now. I read a book that changed my life in 2018 called The 100-Year Life. It changed my life. It was also the most boring book I've ever read. So it was written by an economist and a psychologist. So it was just really oh, technical. Yeah. But I, I think dry. that's going to have to be an audio book for me. Very, <laughs> very dry. But <laughs> it just radical. So we've been brought up to go to school, work, retire, that life's in those three stages. This book challenged that, you know what, we're going to live to 80 or 100. You can't. You're seeing it more and more now. Exactly. So you cannot. So that work portion of your life is going to be more than the 50 years it might be 70 years you're working so we can't sustain that so it's saying um you know have a few years where your career is working at a cinema as an usher or an uber driver have a year off have gap years throughout your life go back to study like life doesn't moves from those three stages to many multi-stages and so that's what I'm definitely embracing That's so true. We've been talking about that. We actually had this great friend of ours on, Nina Perry, who is a career psychologist, and she was talking all about that, the transitioning, the working out what you love and what you want to do moving forward. And, you know, at one stage years ago, very few people would go, okay, I'm in my 50s, I might do a new university degree or, you know, I might start a business or, you know, it was kind of like, oh, no, you're close to done, just don't worry about it, darling. But now everyone's like, yeah, let's do this. And it's kind of, it's kind of empowering. It's like better. Even though I, I after our, my conversation with you the other day and with Nina, I'm kind of like, God, what do I want to be when I grow up? Yeah. What do I want to do? You mm. know, and just to think there's so many possibilities that you can just give it a crack is exciting. There's a lot of conditioning for us women at this age though. Like if we saw um, a 50-something woman enter the workforce, say we're back in our radio days or whatever, it didn't happen. Women didn't kind of enter a new career or workforce at 50. So I, while we know it's possible, I think it's a lot of conditioning us women need to kind of uncondition ourselves for to actually believe it's possible. Yeah, um, and also the people that are employing correct. as well. So hang on, you know, we have got a wealth of wisdom and years. So, yeah, well, do yourself a favour and employ yourself. Yeah. Just before the pandemic, um, I read where Virgin Australia had just employed a whole bunch of midlife women and um, and that was because a lot of them either hadn't had children or those that had had children had had them, so they didn't have young children, right, so they weren't taking time off for that or taking maternity leave. But also there was the um, the reliability, the life experience and the not doing a Western roll out of bed, you know, with a massive hangover and not rocking going down up to the aisle, reeking <laughs> alcohol, yeah, which coming I, out of your pores. I did when I was in my 20s and I was oh flying, but that's another story. But, <laughs> but I thought at the time, good on you, Virgin, like for backing midlife women as reliable, dependable, smart. great life experience, smart, savvy, good with people because I mean, I'm better with people now than I was when I was younger. I'm more patient. I'm more, you know, tolerant. I've got more life experience behind me so I can, can, I can connect with people on multiple different levels that wasn't available to me when I was younger. Wisdom. Yes, Trish. 
That's wisdom. wisdom. So there you go. That's yeah, my I little. I love that story. I'm going to Google that one. Yeah. yeah. yeah I hope it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Never let news. I have a good story. It's That's a... old radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. Well, it is somewhere because I read a tidbit and then had a conversation with a girlfriend of mine who was also an ex-flight attendant and we were saying how awesome that was. Yes. Because the same, Kim, what you were saying before is that we didn't often see, um, when I was flying, we didn't often see new flight attendants who were midlifers. No way would you. Which is madness when you think about it. I worked my whole career to retire by 50. Like I'm on Project 50 thinking there's nowhere to go for someone at 50. Isn't that mental? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yep. And now you're you're not there yet, no, but soon, getting close and think, oh, my God, boring. <laughs> I don't want to retire. I want to oh, do stuff. Yeah. No, I feel like I'm just getting started. Yeah, 100%. So, which is why we started this podcast because there's just so much more to do and we weren't prepared to just sit and, you know, and do nothing. Yeah, I love that. In, in it's, midlife. It's time to talk about stuff that just wasn't talked about before. Yes, absolutely. Mm. And I think, you know, I say this nearly every week, we are doing it. People are talking about stuff more, being more vulnerable, being more open, saying, hey, hang on, you know, I'm a hot mess or this is what I'm going through or this is what's going on. Whereas people used to kind of keep it inside with fear of judgment. Yep. Yep. So Kim, saying that, you know, how do you see us or how can we or will we work until we're 80? Yeah, I think we will. I think um, so the way the book gave some really great examples, so the 100-year life book that I mentioned before, it encourages to have more gap years. So maybe every five years take a year off. So you've got a bit of. Yes, 50 yes from me. Yes, I'm ready for a gap year. Um, They said maybe have a portfolio year. So that's a year where you sit on boards, do some volunteering and have a part-time job. Then you have going to another stage where you work really hard at something for three years, like put three or five years into a career move, then another gap year. So it's stopping us from thinking like we need to be at a company a long time or need to follow a career ladder and just says there's there's options. And I think, I don't know, I'm a bit woo-woo and I believe in astrology and stuff and I think, you know, there's times. I'm right there with you, Dale. Uh, there's times in life where we want to get up to the top of the wave. There's times when we're coming into shore. And so I'm sort of encouraged to follow the vibe or like you know is this yeah. should yeah. I be growing should I be reaping yeah. the rewards right now so yeah I think um it's just sort of sectioning it into different stages and it's not working or not working it's mm. yeah a multitude of those options yeah. living yes yeah good point Trish it's a rough start to the day it, was, doing well it was a bit of a rough start <laughs> We'll have to tell our 50-ish tribe that story one day. So, Kim, over the last decades, the internet and social media has been a major player in changing business models. Uh, As for future predictions, what's on the horizon on the web? What's in your crystal ball, Mm. my friend? I love this one. Okay, so can I maybe say where I think we were to then explain where we're going? Okay, so we are... All ears. Okay, everything you've got to say, my friend. All right. So um, they refer to it as Web 1.0. So we all remember that, the early days of the internet, and it was very much. A friend of mine, actually, he works for my husband, and a mate of his always teases him because when the internet first launched, he said, what about this internet thing? It's not going to work. It's not going to take off. What is all this hype about? And they quite often when they're chatting go, what about this internet thing? Oh, that is. It's like, you tell a story oh. about rap music, isn't it? No? Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. I believe that 
that first rap song that I heard. You of and it. that is absolute rubbish. That will never take off. <laughs> what was it? The Sugar Hill Gang? Rapper's no, Delight? It was Pump Up the Jam. Pump Up the Jam. Pump What were you thinking? <laughs> That's crap. Won't last. Won't last. So, sorry. Internet and rap music is <laughs> not going <laughs> to <laughs> Where will that oh, oh, Let's just stick with country. Sorry, sorry you interrupted you. No, I'm, I'll just go back to reading newspapers and listening to country music. <laughs> so I was talking about um, Web 1.0. So that was when just information was put on the web. So it's very static. So they'd just take a newspaper or a magazine or a flyer. There was no interaction. It was a reading phase of the internet. Web 2.0, which we're sort of still in, is when we were given permission to create content, to participate. So shopping came, social media came, and that's where we are now. But it's owned by a number of big monopolies. So basically Google, Facebook, Apple, Amazon own the internet. What's coming is Web 3.0, which will be decentralized internet so these monopolies are kind of crapping themselves but I won't need permission of Facebook to post some content to my friends it's very hard um because no one knows what it's going to look like we know it's sort of coming but it wasn't until cryptocurrencies bitcoin and nfts that we saw real use cases for it but essentially what it means is there's not going to be any central point of control we don't wow. need that middleman of Facebook stealing our data, owning everything That's about nice. us. Yes. We'll yeah. own all our data. We'll have less interrupted kind of use of the internet. I can't tell you exactly how it'll look because it's still being invented as we speak. But the computer well, inventing it. Well, it's you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> in my spare I'm investing. <laughs> it's kind of like um, it, it's the blockchain. So the the computers don't need Facebook to say, yes, you can post this content or whatever. The computers just agree, like when you're buying Bitcoin, all the computers say, yes, I saw that transaction happen. And when enough computers agree, that becomes a legitimate transaction. So All in the cloud. Where's the fucking cloud? Where is it? (laughs) Who is it? What is the cloud? So I know that's sort of a bit... um, not a great explanation because yeah but it was a difficult question sorry but I was trying to get my head around it yeah but you you can see it I I can it's it's like a lot of inventions it's like how the hell does that work and you know what's the technology behind it but we don't it happens yeah yeah I've no doubt about that that's that's for the big brains the how it works Mm. we just do our Embrace it. Yes, it does. I just think, you know, Google and Facebook just, I remember early internet days were all pseudonyms where I was red shoes for like 15 years on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Um, people, and then they forced us to be real and took all our data and I just think there's the technology we now have available to us means we don't need those monopolies in order to have a great life on the internet. So I think it's going to be a bit of a throwback to that. Those days in a while. Funny you say that because, you know, it is, it was. You could just be, you know, Trish or whatever. Yeah. And then then slowly but surely you'd go to log in and go, okay, we'll know to proceed. We need to know who you are. And that wasn't for our benefit. That was for theirs so they could sell our data and, you know. And I laugh because my husband, like, because he would go onto Facebook but would never do it under his own name. I think he might have logged into like a random account that I had because, you know, he was never on Facebook. 
Oh, I hope you're not listening, Del. <laughs> but then when he had to put in his details, oh, the uproar. The, oh, I'm not putting in my details. Oh, I went, yeah, because everyone's going to be wanting to know what you are and what your phone number is, Del, and your email. What you're yeah. <laughs> everyone's going to be trying to get your details. <laughs> God, I'm so unkind. <laughs> That's, uh, that is really interesting. I'm... When you talk about time frame and you say it's coming, do you have any idea? Yeah. Like, is it I within can, the next ten years? Yeah, I can guess. It's five? it's being built as we speak. So when you read about NFTs and crypto and Bitcoin, that's all happening. What's going to take a while? I'd say five to six years is is till it's really user friendly until any of us can kind of pick it up. Um, right. That makes sense. And it's funny you yeah. talking Bitcoin, et cetera, because I, you know, sometimes I just go, I just don't get that. And same again, oh, that Bitcoin, it'll never take off. It doesn't <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Is there a pattern? <laughs> so can we talk about, you know, the future of the web, et cetera, business? But in business, what leadership and culture changes do you see coming? Yeah, so I just, I think... You've got to, it's the best time to be an employee, weirdly, because bosses are nicer than they've ever before. There's more sort of, well, they're supposed to be. There's a lot more transparency around how they run their companies and accountability, yet everyone wants to start their own business. I'm almost telling people, go and be an employee. Like, bosses are way better than they were in the 90s. Like, let me tell you. So true. And we did an interview a few weeks ago with my nieces who are Gen Zers. And, you know, the when I was researching that, there was so much information on how they are so more astute in the workplace in and recognizing their boundaries for work-life balance and what's okay. You know, they will ring in and say, I need a mental health day. We would never have done that. No. We'd just stop my periods. I'm really uncomfortable. No, we'd go and get really drunk because we'd had a tough day, roll in the next day really hungover and still stinking. Yeah. Like, and that was it. Yeah, no. And if you needed to have a little rest or a little sleep in the promotions prize cupboard, you did. (laughs) Or you'd go down to production where the couches were more comfy. Yeah. (laughs) And that's okay. That was fine. That's okay. I don't know. I remember remember once. (laughs) Oh, my God, this is going back. It was the Goodwill Games in Brisbane and um, our radio station was sponsoring it and we got invited to one of the big marquees and Bardot were actually playing that Ooh. night and there was no one there. It was all laid on, free everything, me and the three other promotions members of my team and it was an absolute train smash midweek. And I remember <laughs> the next day we were all... Just and we all showed up because you always showed up. Oh, do the crime, yeah. do the time. We always showed up, but yeah, we virtually tag teamed in the, in the prize cupboard, got all the promotional jackets down to use as pillows. It was lovely. But the thing I love about that is that there's the story that you tell the next day because you do show up. <laughs> yeah. If you all stayed home, there's no story. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? The love story the is in your your anguish and your <laughs> suffering the next day. Because you're laughing about it. You're reminding me of the time I didn't quite show up or I didn't get there till 2 p.m. I was <gasps> still made it, I was out judging the Mr. Nude Australia, <laughs> which was a promo for the radio station. Didn't quite make it in the next day. <gasps> and do we should we ask why? <laughs> or not? We're not going there. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna leave that. I all think it's all makes sense. And then <laughs> okay. my mother 
found me. She rang around and found me and she's like, you get into work. And I turned up and literally the reception was like, I'm just on the, with the cops telling what you were last seen wearing. (laughs) This is pre-mobile phones. Yes. So they had seen me. They didn't see me. So there was a bit of confusion. So yeah, always show up at least so people know you're not dead. So the true. good thing about the pre-mobile phone days, Kim, was that you could just deny everything. Mm-hmm. There's no evidence. I wasn't there. I didn't do that. There was no evidence. It was your word against somebody <laughs> else's. So, you know, was... I'm very happy to have lived those formative oh, years. Me too. <laughs> We're lucky, aren't we? <laughs> we really are. So Absolutely. So, Kim, on a lighter note for a moment and after looking at your socials with your um, amazing career and life to date, what's a couple of your can't believe I'm actually here, this is cool, pinch me moments. It's a very long question, isn't it? Yes, but, you I know. think Melinda's saying that because I wrote <laughs> I love your questions, Trish. Well, I, I just think Kim's had such a fascinating mm, life. Mm. And, um, yeah, and so spill the beans. I love, I've heard her tell the story or a friend of ours tell the story of when she just went and introduced herself to Richard Branson in a restaurant in Sydney. Did I do that? Oh, I did do that. Yeah, I did do that. Um, and then that I've seen cool. photos of you spending time on his island. Yes. You know, for near mortals, that's kind of really I cool. think he's very approachable, isn't he? Yeah, interestingly, I could be wrong, but my take out is he is a very deep introvert um, but plays the extrovert very well. He knows when it's time to turn it on. But when you're around him unguarded, he's the quietest man in the room and he's sitting taking notes and occasionally asking questions. He's not holding court until he you can see a switch go on and he's sort of like, okay, now they need me to appear or whatever. Amazing. And, and the Richard comes out. So I, I saw that was like few. I just assumed he'd just be a wanker really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. full on all the time. Yeah. Isn't it nice when you discover someone that you thought was the wanker who actually isn't a wanker when you meet them in yeah. person? Yeah. That's nice. So any other moments apart from Richard? Um, Oh, look, there'd be, there'd be yeah. Dickie. <laughs> me and Dick. No, there'd just be weird moments <laughs> like when you, yeah. um, you're sitting in a room and it's sort of power players or big agency people and you're in the room and you think, oh, okay, I'm in this room now. Like I can't really mm-hmm. remember the exact yeah. ones. I think it was one of them was winning an award for Employer of the Year against AOL, Mindshare, like big companies like that and I was like, I had a team of 15 or whatever and we're just up for this Employer of the Year award. So awards might be ones, but I tell you what it is, it's the moments that give me the most sort of frizzle, like that joy, that tingy bubble, is when I'm just sort of making decisions and I get on a plane and I go and open an office in Honolulu or I say I'm going to open an office in LA. Like that when you can sort of put the decisions in your hands and you can make it happen and then you're yeah. sitting on the plane drinking a champagne and you just say to yourself, I'm going to my office in LA, like it's in Santa Monica. Yeah. Like, I did this. Yeah. These are my decisions that have led to me doing yeah. this. And quite often, you know, you're dragging your ass, you're really tired, everyone's annoying you, but there's a few minutes in there where you just go, holy shit. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good for you. And take the time out to, you know, acknowledge that and pat yourself on the back. Yeah. But that's definitely a, a pinch me moment where you've you've actioned a plan and you're then you're living it. Exactly. The new plan. Like you and I, Mel. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Our headphones on talking to Kim on the <laughs> My microphone. Well, microphone on the World Wide Web. On, <laughs> this is on my lap and it's so freaking uncomfortable oh, today. No, I'm sure, I think there's yeah. a lot of noise going on, but 
Anyway. Anyway. Kim, you are currently giving away a freebie for people starting a business, uh, your brand soul template. What is your brand soul template and how can people get in the running for a bit of you for free? It's so easy to get. Just go to kimmckay.com and download it. What it is is um, I've learned from a lot of big brands. So, you know, having worked from everyone from, I don't know, I guess Durex to Marriott to Ricky Martin, like there's been a lot of exposure to brands. Some as buildings, some as people, some as sex, whatever. So there, I've got the gauntlet, you can say. <laughs> Turn back. What does that mean? <laughs> does that mean, you know? No. Anyway. Um, I love <laughs> how was, you put things together, though. That that's, just the way, that's just the way my mind goes. <laughs> to the um, but having worked with all those brands, I, I know the power of just having some clarity around what it is you're doing. And I work with a lot of business owners and I see them trip over themselves by having all these lengthy conversations to make really mindless decisions from where should we set up our bank account to should we work with that influencer and what the brand soul is. It's sort of like this blueprint or map that every decision can be made by. So you do the really hard work first. It takes a couple of weeks of some people might take an hour, but for me, it usually takes a couple of weeks to live with things and make sure they feel right. And then yep. all that unnecessary BS is out of the way. Every decision's made on that piece of paper. Does it fit our brand soul? Yes, no, go forward. So especially co-founders in business who I love working with, like especially two women like like you guys. So just getting yeah. the vision out there and then go. Because I think what happens is businesses get growing pains and you everyone gets so excited to start. And they start and they build a brand and build a logo and then they realise they haven't made some of those key decisions and they're halfway down the road and they've got to backtrack. So oh, it's such and, a good and point. And overthinking, yes, overthinking the little things. Yeah, that, and yeah. that exhausts you. It does. And it takes away your ability to be creative. It takes your energy. So it's mm, everything I've learned from big brands and I've just sort of, I call myself I guess sometimes an idea DJ because nothing's original. I just mix and remix the best ideas. So I've stolen it from some really good templates I've used and created it for people who are just about to or know they need to kind of get a bit more of a concrete blueprint down just to make those decisions. So that's what it is. That I is awesome. That. And I think, Kim, you know, not that I I just think your curiosity for moving forward is just so amazing and um, encouraging. Like it makes you want to go, okay, I need, I need to get ahead of the game. No wonder you're ahead of the curve. My team hate it, I have to say, because they're like, can you just help me fucking solve the problem I'm dealing with right now? And I'm like <laughs> over here in Web3 <laughs> yeah. and they're trying yeah. to write a caption for a post or whatever. I'm like, oh. So I'm not everyone's cup Boring. of tea. Yeah. <laughs> Boring. Yeah, that's it. That shit's already done. And even my amazing ops manager, when she'll send me the p I'm like, that shit's done. I can't do anything about that. That's old news. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, but I worked all month on that. I'm like, oh, sorry. Okay, let me look at it. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's legendary. That is absolutely legendary. So, Kim, um, it is time for our wrap-up question, unfortunately, Um, but we would like to know, and this is something that we ask all our guests, uh, what advice would – you know, we are claiming you as a 50-ish, even though we know that you're not there, but the 50-ish Kim give to the 20-ish Kim. What advice would you Tell give your mother where you are. Yeah, okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Before call your mother. <laughs> My nickname for the next two years was Mia, missing in action. But anyway. Oh, I love um, that. Uh, trust your gut and learn human design. 
And maybe that's a podcast topic we can do for another oh, design. Oh, yeah. Please. Yeah. Then human design. Yeah. You're on. Yeah. I'll do oh, I'll do your that. charts if you like and then we can get on and oh do a gosh. Yes. Righto. I love being charted. <laughs> oh, I love finding out what's going on in here or why it's going on. Is it the universe? Is it my mind? What is it? You've heard it here, 50 issues. Human design. design, yeah. Wow, I'm I'm so up for that, Trish. Yeah, we're booking you in for the new year, my friend. I can't Love wait. It. But that would be my advice. I think it only came around in '97, so depending on how old I was then, but doesn't yes. matter. Yeah, human design doesn't matter. <laughs> Kim, that was so interesting and incredibly insightful. Thank you. So oh, much it was my pleasure, generous. and I just got to be on a podcast that I didn't need to think about what the questions were. So it was really oh, fun yeah. being on this way. Thank you. On the oh, other side. Awesome. Yeah, of the well, microphone. Well, we so love you and we're yeah. going to have more of you next year, that's for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Freaking human design. God, so have you heard of it? Can, no. I re- can I redesign myself? <laughs> yeah. No, I but we can understand your design and it will help you yes. make decisions in life, the big ones, and be in your flow. So oh, is this stop tapping, it. This is, is this tapping into so the woo-woo good. like feng shui and numerology and all of that? It, on steroids. So it's a mix of um, oh, yeah. chakras, Kabbalah, the Chinese I Ching, astrology oh, and quantum oh, physics yeah. all together in this woo-woo whack job of a thing called human design and it's changed my life. We have a saying on this podcast which is don't poo-poo the woo-woo. Oh, I think that was mine. Well, you said it. That was my line. Well, I don't think it was. <laughs> oh, no. You yeah. were <laughs> I like oh, to claim everything good. <laughs> I've got a new <laughs> saying for you. Um, yeah. Go unfuck yourself. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love that. I think that's what middle age is all about. Just go that and unfuck so yourself. True. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Ladies. Yeah. Go on, unfifty yourself. <laughs> go on, unfifty yourself. Go on, unfifty yourself. Whatever you need to do. Let's be frank. We'll include Kim's social media and website information in our show notes and podcast promos so that uh, you can find out more information about our wonderful guest today. So follow us on Instagram at don't give a 50 and email us at hello at don't give a 50.com. Yeah, come on. Somebody send me an email, will you? <laughs> We'd love to hear from you, honestly. Tell us what topic you'd like us every to tackle next. I check every day. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> Don't be shy because we're not. This is a judgment-free zone and we're always happy to hear from you. Remember our gorgeous 50 issues. life is for living. Be kind and look after yourself. Do whatever you want and don't give a 50 because we are all awesome regardless of age and living is an absolute privilege. Oh, my God, is it still recording? Okay, I don't know how to stop this. Just turn it off. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.